Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Today, we are talking about scarcity and abundance. Scarcity and abundance, and I'll tell you why. So in my office, I have tons and tons and tons of books. And sometimes when I'm thinking about the podcast or I'm preparing for a coaching call with my clients, I will just kind of glance over them and pull something down and flip through my notes. I'm an underliner and a note taker in books, and it's fun for me to just grab a book that I remember really loving and just go through and see what I underlined. And and I often do this too if something feels hard. So uh, the other day, I was having a conversation with Chris about kind of estate planning. And I realized that I needed to update my trust and my will and all of those kinds of things since Dagny died because I had updated them shortly before she was born and haven't since since she died. And um, so we need to do that. And Chris and I were having a conversation about money and death and all of those things. And I started to feel a little overwhelmed. So I looked and I tend to keep books kind of collected together by category. And I looked at books on money and I grabbed one off the shelf and I was pulling some notes together just for me. And I thought, you know, this has helped me so much. I want to share it. And the book that I grabbed was The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And it's probably been a year and a half, maybe two years since I read this book, but I needed it in that moment when I was just feeling a little overwhelmed. And it really, really set me straight. So I want to share a couple of thoughts that I wrote down from reviewing my notes on this book, but also it it took me in a slightly different direction in terms of a challenge that I've given myself and a challenge that I want to give you. And the book starts off with a quote from Paul Zader, and it says, There is a natural law of abundance which pervades the entire universe, but it will not flow through a doorway of belief in lack and limitation. There is a natural law of abundance present in the entire world, but it cannot enter into a place where there's a lack of belief and a belief in limitation, okay? And so many of us live in lack And there's probably two chapters in this book, The Soul of Money, that talk about how we live in lack. And Lynn Twist, the author, says we swim in conversations about what there isn't enough of. We swim in conversations about what there isn't enough of. Not enough time, not enough sleep, not enough energy, not enough money. No matter how much you have, there seems to be this general theme of not enough. And it says, what begins as a simple expression of the hurried life or even the challenged life grows into the great justification for an unfulfilled life. So we start saying there's not enough time or there's not enough money 
because we're just like racing around or maybe we're facing challenges. But when that becomes our operating system, when that becomes the perspective through which we see things, it becomes a justification for not achieving our dreams, for not making things happen because there's not enough time, because there's not enough money because there's not enough resources. But what we overlook is that everybody has the same amount of time. So if there was enough time for somebody else, there's enough time for you. And just because you're not managing your time well right now does not mean there's not enough time. There is enough time. We tell ourselves these stories. We swim in these narratives of not enough. And they become a great justification for an unfulfilled life. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And I shared with you guys last week on the podcast a conversation that I had had with one of my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients. And we were talking about, you know, like, well, what you say you make all these excuses. What are these excuses? I don't even know. I just, just not enough, not enough time. And I said, not enough time for what? Everything, anything. There's just not enough time. And I'm, I'm thinking back on conversations I've had with people this week, and it's everywhere. There's not enough sleep. I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, There's not enough understanding in the world. There's not enough thoughtfulness. There's not enough kindness. There's not enough money. There's not enough equal opportunity. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough. And that perspective becomes automatic. But it's learned and it's practiced and then it becomes our standard and we don't even recognize it's our standard. And that's when it becomes so dangerous is we don't realize that we've put on these glasses and when we're wearing these glasses, we see everything colored through the lens of not enough. And it's our default setting. And it's not just about things, right? It's not just about money. It's not just about time. Not smart enough, not thin enough, not liked enough, not supportive enough. And there's this chronic sense of inadequacy. Our lives are inadequate. Our relationships are inadequate. And what happens? We jump from one thing to the next, from one thing to the next. And whether it's one relationship to the next, or it's one job to the next, or it's one podcast to the next, or it's one book to the next, or it's one diet to the next, it's because we are seeing the world through a created lens called not enough, a dangerous lens called not enough. There's a quote from the book, The Soul of Money. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this book on the podcast before, but it's like I said, it's probably been a couple years. It says, scarcity is a lie. Scarcity is a lie independent of any actual amount of resources, it is an unexamined and false system of assumptions, opinions, and beliefs from which we view the world as a place where we are in constant danger of having our needs unmet. Scarcity is a lie. No matter how much you have, scarcity is just a set of assumptions and opinions and beliefs where how we see the world is the threat of having our needs unmet. Needs that come from ourselves, that come from other people, that come from our finances. And I think comparison is a big part of that that plays into not enough. You know, there's not enough time compared to the amount of time they spend with their family. Or there's not enough romance compared to the amount of romance they seem to have. There's not enough communication compared to somebody else. And we get to change this story. Guys, I will go so far as to say, and I I try not to talk in extremes because I know everybody's on their different journey, but I want to go so far as to say we've got to change this story, this perspective that there is not enough. And I am right there in it with you because I routinely feel like there's not enough time. 
and I routinely feel like I don't have enough energy or I routinely feel like there's not enough money or security or there's not enough of a plan but it's a perspective because I can convince myself and so can you that there's more than enough. I just have to use my resources differently. We have to tell ourselves a different story. When I tell myself there's not enough time, what I do is write down the things that are critical, essential, something really bad is going to happen if it doesn't get done. And I'll tell you right now, that 99 times out of 100, there is nothing on the critical something bad's going to happen if it doesn't get done list. Seriously. So today is a, is a perfect example. On my work list, let me just look here at it. I had to record a daily mindset upgrade. I had to spend time in all my Facebook groups. I've got my rookies group, my vets group, my master's club group, the general group. That takes time. Social media. I had to do a post and also videos. I had to respond to emails. I wanted to do a Q&A podcast as well as this podcast. I had to edit co-schedule for my team where they put some things in there for me to look at. On top of that, I needed to send out flowers to somebody. I had to go check on somebody who lost a family member recently. I had a massage. The dog trainer was coming to the house. And of course, the gym, my walk, the canal. Well, the canal is the walk. Um, dinner, that sort of stuff. Oh, and figuring out what I'm going to wear to a funeral all on my list for today. Okay. It's easy to feel like there's not enough time. So when I feel that way, I know that's just a perspective. And I ask myself, which of these things critically, absolutely must get done today, can't be bumped to tomorrow or something really bad will happen? None. Zero. Absolutely none. I am absolutely free to cancel my massage, to bump the dog trainer to next week, I absolutely could figure out the funeral clothes tomorrow, even if that means I don't have time to find something online. It's not catastrophic. There's, there's something dark in my closet that I can wear. If I didn't record these podcasts today, no big deal. I set the expectation that I would record two podcasts today. I set the expectation that episodes would air on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. Is something terribly awful going to happen if they don't? No, mm -mm, absolutely not. If I don't go to the gym today, is... Something terribly awful going to happen? No. If I don't walk on the canal, if I don't make dinner, if I don't eat dinner tonight, is something awful going to happen? No. So what that perspective shows me is that there's tons of time. I've just jammed it full with things that I'd like to do, none of which are absolutely critical. None of them. Not one single thing is absolutely critical for me to do today. Now, some days there are things that are critical. Something bad will happen if it doesn't get done. But that is the exception and not the rule. So then I see that the 17 things that I want to do today that leave me feeling like there's not enough time, I put them there. There's plenty of time. There's absolutely plenty of time, without a doubt. When I feel like there isn't enough money, I remind myself that I'm in control that I create my results. In fact, one of the things I remind myself is that if I feel that way, I could find $50,000 worth of stuff to sell in my house. Now, do I want to sell my furniture, my clothes, my kitchen appliances? No. But just that reminder that like, look, if something happened and I needed money, I have all sorts of things that I could sell. Like just looking at what I can see right now, I'm sitting in my office. I have a treadmill in my office. I could sell that. I mean, low ball, I'd get 500 bucks for my treadmill. There's 500 bucks. If I, okay, so let's stay in my office. I won't even go to the deck furniture that I can see that I could easily get 500 bucks for or the grill that I could get a few hundred bucks for. 
or the tractor that we could get a few thousand dollars for. Let's look at let's look at my my office. I could sell this printer. I rarely use a printer. I could go to the library and print on demand. I have probably 500 books that I could sell at 50 cents each. Not that I'm going to do that, but I quickly look around and realize like if you need money and I mean, I don't right now. It's just that general sense that I think so many people can relate to of like, oh, there's not enough. I remind myself that it's actually a whole lot better than I think. And there's a lot more money than I think. And that I could really look at where I could spend less. Like, hey, I don't need to have a gym membership. I could get rid of that. And I could be way more disciplined about meal planning in a way that would have me spending less money on groceries. So that could free up 50 bucks a week, you know, and we could go out to eat less. There are so many things that we can do. So it's just a perspective that there's not enough. And when I'm, when I'm challenging that perspective, I can also say, well, what are some ways I can make more? What are some ways I can make more? I know a lot of people around here where I live on Cape Cod who decide they're going to Uber in the evenings or on the weekends or one night a week during the summer because, hey, it puts another couple hundred bucks in their pocket. And over the course of a month or six months, that adds up. It's a perspective. And if we have the perspective that more is always better, we can never arrive. Because even as we get more, more is still better. So we're still not there yet. What I want to challenge you to do, and this makes me think about um, one of the one of the lessons inside the veterans level of the 12 weeks to transformation is about stretching versus chasing. Okay. And this is what I started thinking of when I was looking through this book because we just recently went through that lesson. So in that week's challenge, every week in the 12 weeks, there's a different challenge and there's the rookies level and there's two tiers of vets levels. And one of the vets challenges is about getting more out of what you already have. Instead of chasing something in front of you, stretching the resources you already have, how can you get more from the relationships you already have instead of feeling like you don't have enough and you need to find more? How can you get Uh, more affection from the relationship that you already have instead of feeling like it's not enough? How can you get more from the groceries you have in your house without feeling like it's not enough and you need to go to the grocery store? You would be amazed at what you can do when you stretch. When you stretch, I started going through and I was like, there's clutter, you know? And it's not just the physical clutter, there's mental and emotional clutter. But sometimes when we start with the physical clutter, we naturally get rid of a lot of the mental and emotional clutter. But what would I identify as clutter in my house? And can I donate it? Can I sell it on consignment? Can I list it on Facebook Marketplace? Can I come up with $500 from stuff that's really clutter? Are there, are there a few hundred dollars worth of clothes that I can bring to a consignment shop, clear out from my house, have less clutter, and also get more from things I already have? I'm looking right now as I look out my... Um, my window of my office at two empty propane tanks that were attached to the grill at one point that like we can trade those in for a deposit. We don't need empty tanks sitting here. We can get more from stuff we already have. I'm always looking to do this on our property, whether it's as simple as like growing herbs and having fresh herbs or having fresh tomatoes and not having to buy tomatoes, or it's having somebody come help us uh, with our orchard so that we can get more from the fruit that we have on our property? How can you get more from the tools you already have in your mind, the things you know to do? You don't need to learn something new. You need to stretch and get more from what you already have instead of living in this perspective that it's not enough. 
And with that perspective that it's not enough, then we have to go and learn more and we have to hire somebody new and we have to get more. But the reality is, if more is always better, we can never arrive. The other thing that it made me think of, and this might seem not not synergistic or it might seem kind of out of left field, but to me, they, they go together. So um, I've mentioned to you Jesse Itzler before. He is the husband to Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx, but Jesse Itzler has an impressive resume all of his own. He started Zico Coconut Water and sold it to Coca-Cola. He started Marquis Jet, sold it to Berkshire Hathaway author of two books, ultra marathon runner, just like crazy list of accomplishments. Anyway, he talks about how if you're in college, and often sometimes this hasn't happens in high school too, but certainly in college, we take electives, like things that really aren't our primary course of study, but we think they would be fun or interesting. And so we pursue them, you know, like maybe you took a pottery class or you did, you know, we used to joke about underwater basket weaving being one of our electives, even though pretty sure. I don't know of a course that is underwater basket weaving. But anyway, um, you know, we did uh, electives in like weight training or electives in some sort of like sculpting or painting or you name it. And then he says, when we get out of that school mode, we stop doing that. We don't have things on our schedule that are just for fun. And so one of the things that Jesse Itzler challenges people to do that I started doing recently was identifying your own electives now as an adult. And I asked myself if there were things on my calendar that were just fun to do, you know, and to to break out of this perspective that it's just not enough, right? There's Because I could also say, well, there's not enough time and there's not enough money and there's not enough connection and there's not enough this. There's also not enough fun, right? And I'm trying to change my perspective on that because I have spent so many years where work was like the name of the game. And I, I have been very open about the fact that I've basically worked seven days a week for the last six and a half years. And that's not something that I recommend, but I want to change the perspective of there's not enough fun. There's not enough free time. There's not enough play. There's not enough joy. There's not enough laughter. I'm changing that. So I was like, if there were electives, what would I want them to be? And one of them that I think would be fun is, you know, doing a couple different types of cooking classes with Chris. We've talked about uh, doing a hibachi cooking class. We've talked about um, doing like a sushi making class. I think that would be just super fun. I'd also love to have a dinner party once a month at my house where I, you know, cook new, fancy, exciting, cool things and I invite a few people over. I'd love to do double dates with couples more often. We talked about how important it is to do at least two trips with friends every year instead of just having the trips be me and Chris. Uh, pulling the lobster traps together is something that I consider an elective or going kayaking, things like that. What is on your calendar that you would consider an elective, something that's fun? Be intentional about it because all of these people that are saying there's not enough time They've got time to watch Netflix. They've got time to be on Facebook. They've got time to be on Instagram. It's not that there's not enough time. It's that you're not using it well. And it's not that there's not enough money because A, you can make more. B, you've got stuff you don't need that you could cash in. You could make more no matter who you are, how old you are, what education you have, or how much time you have. It has never been easier to make more money. But there's also money that you aren't leveraging in crap you paid for that you don't use, you know, walk into your garage or your basement and there is money there that you've spent that you don't use that with a little bit of effort could be money to fund one of your electives. 
The message of this is A, scarcity is a perspective choice and it's not the only one. And I want to encourage you to change it. B, do more with what you have. Do more with what you have. Because while we live, this is the crazy, crazy thing. We live in this world where there's a perspective of not enough, and yet we're also burdened by excess. Seriously, we live in a world where our perspective is there's not enough time, there's not enough energy, there's not enough money, and also... We are burdened by excess. We're spending more than ever on Amazon. There's clutter in our homes. There's clutter in our cars. There's clutter in our minds. There's clutter in our offices, in our dresser drawers. There's clutter everywhere. So it's just not true that there's not enough. We're just not doing enough with what we have. And that can change today. And I want it to change for you. Maybe your starting point is to identify 15 things you have but don't use and sell them or donate them. Maybe your challenge is to identify how to use your time better. You know what? Instead of watching TV every day, the TV gets turned on seven days a week. Hey, maybe that's not normal. Maybe the TV only gets turned on four days a week and three days a week you go do something. You take the cooking class. Hell, you host the cooking class in your own home for your friends. And each of you teaches something different. Maybe you do a book club. Maybe you do a Bible study. Maybe you take a course. Maybe you go for a walk. You go for a swim. You make new friends somewhere. But the reality is these two things, they're, they're competitive, that we live in scarcity, not enough of anything, and yet we're burdened by excess, clutter in our thoughts, in our homes, in our closet, in our spending. Do more with what you have. What do you have that you don't need that you can let go of? What do you not use that could free up time or space or energy for something else? Where is your time and your energy going to that doesn't light you up? Like if I took an elective in college, it wouldn't be television watching. So then why is an hour or two a day going to television watching when it could be going to starting your book club or a cooking class or learning to make sushi or learning to dance, right? Sometimes these things just go unexamined because they've been so habitual because we grew up where our parents watch TV every single night. But what if your kids grew, grew up where the TV only comes on once a week and you guys are doing stuff until bedtime instead of sitting on the couch and you think, man, well, we can't afford it. Well, there's plenty that you can do that is free. There is plenty that you can do that is free. And that is the essence of stretching versus chasing. That is the essence of doing more with what you have. And I want this message, oh my gosh, if this could go viral and people could start living this, I think depression would go down, anxiety would go down, divorce would go down, poverty would go down, because we can all do more with what we have. Make today amazing. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. 
To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.